Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy Woo! and sadness oh. and anger. Ah! Definitely some disgust. Rose, and I think a little fear. Ah! But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. Ah. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free and anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. No, I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted Podcast, where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plofsky, and let it shine. What am I talking about? Well, let's refract on that for a second. Sure, you light up my life and you're pretty bright, but don't flip my switch because I'll blow. <laughs> anyway, I've got a pack, but not too much. I'm traveling light. Joining us today are the usual people who turned me on, including <laughs> Kevin Bulbous Jager. Bulbous? <laughs> I mean, I get it, so it's fine. <laughs> Kimberly, our bright idea game master and unofficial babysitter oh, for the hour. Thank you. Yeah, she gets bright idea and I get bulbous. <laughs> it tracks. Yeah, it's fine. And with us today is our first lighting designer. What, what? That we've ever met. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just thought that the theaters came that way. <laughs> and you may have seen his New York work in things like The Bad Years, A Dog Story, Afterglow, Red Roses, Green Gold. Uh, we are Tiger. We are the Tigers and Caesar and Cleopatra. Let's give a big broad wasted welcome to friend of the show. Friend, friend of, the of the show. Jamie Roderick. You all ready for this? faster today. Yeah, I went for it. I was like feeling the excitement. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I feel honored to be your first lighting yeah, designer. Cheers to that. Thank you. Cheers. Here and I what come. What a lighting designer he is. Yes. Um, but before we get into lighting, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? That took you a while to join us. <laughs> well, because I have wine in my hand, and so I would like, I took a sip, and then I couldn't well, just really like... good. Yeah, because it was good and I was enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, you want to, you, you know, let so, it settle on the top. Uh, Brian's office had a random open bottle of wine that Kevin and I are enjoying. Yeah, Casiero del Diablo. That's exactly how you say it. How are you gonna say it? <laughs> Casiero del Diablo. Wow. It's really, I think you have it. a future. You just say it sexy like. Um, it's a Malbec, guys, and it's really good. Brian, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking the Montalobos. Uh, Mezcal, Ooh. and uh, with a little bit of uh, um, seltzer and some ice. Nice. Yeah. And you, Jamie? I'm also on that bandwagon, the Montalobus Mezcal. So, good, right? Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. It's my favorite bottle for an alcohol it's I don't enjoy. Be- oh. <laughs> Not because I don't enjoy this brand, it's because I don't enjoy Mezcal as a whole. Sure, yeah, sure. Well, I don't like, we can't get Kimberly to drink any of these like Mezcal margaritas or anything. She doesn't oh, play with us. I mean, Why would a margarita want to be a barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> she don't like smoky. I mean, and, and some of the like, and I, some of the gin bottles that we've come through here are gorgeous, but I just don't like what's inside. Yeah. Exactly. Agreed. I'll you, take this bottle you, when it's you done. You don't like yeah. the barbecue. You don't like juniper berries. Yeah. Exactly. He doesn't it like Christmas. 
No, 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 no. Oh, contraire. Don't, don't put that opinion on me. <laughs> um, but uh, let's get started with you. Yeah. Um, when did you figure out that it was the lighting aspect of theater that was your way of creating? So um, I had a very interesting childhood where I uh, had an opportunity to grow up really in the theater. Um, all four of my parents are in the business. Cool. Um, and uh, uh, I spent most of my youth either backstage of Broadway shows mm. or um, at different theaters around the country uh, where my family were all working. So sure. I was exposed to it constantly from a very young age. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I always was attracted to. And it was less the visual imagery that the light created and more so how it moved a piece moment to moment. And the lighting changes and when they would happen, whether if it's storytelling driven or musically driven. And that from a very young age is what I was always attracted to. And I knew pretty early on that it's what I wanted to do with my life. Mm -hmm. um, Is there a moment or a show specifically or, you know, that kind of, you know, there are a lot of uh, light puns, light puns there, but right. I'm just going to go with, uh, you know, that, that kind of... Flip the switch? Yeah, shown a light. <laughs> whatever Sparked. you want to go, yeah. <laughs> I think there was... That was good, the three yeah, of us, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I we don't care about your answer, we're just part of the <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there was a few that really stood mm -hmm. out. I, I, I think it's hard to pinpoint it on on one exact experience, but but the two that stood out stand out um, here in New York are. Um, my father was in a funny thing happened on the way to the forum, mm -hmm. the, the cool. Nathan Lane revival. Sure. And we had um, this amazing, amazing stage manager named Artie Gaffin. Yeah, um, didn't he just, just pass away? away. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And um, I would spend weekends with my dad, so I was brought to the St. James every weekend, and mm -hmm. I would sit in front of Artie in one stage left in the St. James and listen to him call the show wow. multiple shows a weekend. Wow. So I was just given this opportunity to, at that level, hear a production stage manager calling all the light cues. That's when incredible. That's so cool. Um, when I was, How old you know, were you? Probably around seven. Oh wow. And you were behaved? Yeah. Did he let you call any? I don't. You know, <laughs> not that I remember, but there are some other like, wacky stories. If someone stories makes a movie of your life, he like puts the headphones oh, on you for, for a minute sure. and you call for like sure. cue number one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> totally. The, the other one is is being the other really standout memory is being up in the catwalks of Madison Square Garden, the theater at Madison Square Garden mm -hmm. for Christmas Carol, sure. which was just such a spectacle, and you know. Uh, Jules and Peggy's lighting for it was such a, it was so incredible. And mm -hmm. I think that was one of those young experiences that impacted me. And the other one was um, now the theater that goes by the Sharon Playhouse was where I would spend most of my summers. Okay. Uh, and uh, that theater, I was constantly helping, you know, even when I was very young, helping with the lighting. Um, uh, so growing up, Actively participating and sitting with the designers that rolled through through there was uh, the other probably big influence on me. Cool, that's crazy. Um, let's flash forward a little bit. Yeah, flash. Um, <laughs> just keep them going. Yeah. What um, what do you, when you get a script? Yeah, what are you looking for specifically? Um, not necessarily what you were trained to look for, but like what always stands out lighting wise to you, aside from inside, outside, day, night. Yeah, I think what it stands out to me is like how I can help move it along. You know, how I can um, move it moment to moment. So, so what? And it depends on the type of show. Sure. You know, uh, if it's a musical, I'm generally listening to the music and finding you know, how to pro propel this objective and where we are in this script and what's the driving force of this song happening. Is it is it an outward song or is it an internal monologue and conveying those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. With plays, I try to light plays, yes, environmental to a degree because we have to create, help create the environment we're in. But I also like to let um, character drive a lot of my lighting. I'm going to light certain characters a different way to, 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 to help inform the audience about how to feel about that person or, or thing. Do you think in also oh. terms of diegetic and non-diegetic lighting? 
Yes. It's because Brian wants to explain it to you. Okay. No, That's no. I know I, one is like, it's in the action in their world. The other one, it's not in their world. So like the songs of Cabaret are in the world of yes. Cabaret, that kind of thing. Yeah, and that, that'll certainly, certainly very much inform form how it's being lit. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to brag on Jamie for a minute because I was incredibly fortunate enough to have Jamie light a piece that I had written uh, my musical in the New York Musical Theater Festival in 2015. Jamie was the amazing lighting designer. And the show was called... Uh, there was a, another bad lighting designer. <laughs> <laughs> he was the one. amazing one. Um, no, and there was a, the whole piece was about a, a woman who was, had gone through cancer and in order to kind of like not just count all the terrible things that were happening to her, she counted uh, every sunrise she got to see in the morning. And I remember the first day that we had like an actual uh, designer meeting about what we were going to do with the show. And Jamie had read the script and had come up with this idea that he was going to light it. So it was like a sunrise starting from beginning to end and going through. And it was just like everything that he ended up doing was so powerful that I like we never would have thought of like looking at the page and everything. But it was such a ridiculous elevation to the emotion of the story. Yeah, and it's a show I would love to see happen again because I would love to be able to take that idea to sort of the next level yeah. and expand on it in a in a in a more real world sense. Did Kevin get on that, it? I then, know. Then, then, then <laughs> sort of, I, I, I adore Nymph, but uh, the limitations of the festival situation, I'd love to be able to expand on on that more. Someday. But that's so brilliant to like think about things in that way and like to use like the sun time, sunny in the park with George, like in color and light, like. Yeah. The way that you see things is really, really fascinating. Is there a show that you have never designed that is like on your bucket list of like, God, I would love to do that one? Well, I would first say that I love new works. So those are the things I'm most passionate about. So the thing I want to design is probably not yet written. Um, that being said, I know that's like a boring answer. So let's go, for the not, <laughs> let's, let's go for the not boring answer. I've never designed chess, and chess is such a guilty pleasure of mine. Sure. That would um, be super awesome. Uh, I would love to see a revival of Starmites. Okay. Love to light it. Uh, um, and I feel like this is, this, is a, this is another one. I feel like all of the movies that I have such nostalgia for from my childhood are all like kind of already happening right now and I'm mm-hmm. not gonna I'm like not in the place in my career to get on those like Anastasia's right. already happening uh, already happened almost famous is it happening right now yeah. but um mm-hmm. and I, I listened to some of your other podcasts so I know I'm gonna bring up a bit of a sore subject here but I think the one movie that's left that I'm like oh please let that let me be the designer that thing you do yes <laughs> I mean, just from the title card alone, yeah. Like, oh, just such bright '60s moments. Yeah, I will say so this: <laughs> if you designed that show, I would go and see it, <laughs> and I would definitely enjoy it. But also, like, you get to design a concert, and then also, oh. like, just a hotel room. Yeah, it's so fun, so fun. Do you? So the great, great segue. And, to my next and question. Sorry, I'm yeah. forgetting his name now, but I just want to be in the room with that writer because he was also the bass player and songwriter for Fountains of Wayne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Because, so, uh, um, you know, he'd write some new songs. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, or just Fountains of Wayne at the jukebox musical. <laughs> or it's just that thing you do with, like, 90 reprises, and that's all it is. It's part of the, the movie. movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, Captain Geach to the Shrim Shack Shooters is, oh, like, a 15-minute dance piece. Whole yeah, that, oh, yeah. that has to open act, too. Yes, yes. it does. Beach, beach, yeah. beach. Classic that is a Casey Nicolau yeah. dance number if yeah. ever I've yeah. seen. Well, end of act there one. will be sand. It'll be once on this island. Yes. <laughs> end of act one is like them, like there's like the foundation starting to shake, and then beginning and of act two is Shrimp yeah. Shack Shooters, yeah. and like you know he, um, the Steve Zahn character's enjoying it, and then the main songwriter's like, "What the hell are we doing here?" And yeah. Shade just is like sitting there being shades. I love it. I'm in. Yeah. Who do we cast? Oh. <sighs> Um, Why do I feel like we've done this before? I or did like I see have. it on Twitter? No, well, I we can go back. Oh, it was on Twitter, I think. We were John Groff is shades. Yeah. Okay. I could go with that. I could also see Riddle. John Riddle is that his name? John Riddle from That's in Frozen. So from right Frozen, now? and he's gonna be in uh, Almost Famous. Uh, no. No, he's he just filled it. He just uh, he he's in uh, as Raul uh-huh, uh-huh. right now. Oh, and in, in Phantom. Phantom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, I can see him. that. Like he's more tall and lanky. To, he's like, tall, go with lanky. <laughs> he has the comedic chops, but like that part doesn't have to be like. Oh, the, the funny. lead singer is a hundred percent. Who was just playing Dill in uh, To Kill a Mockingbird that left? Gideon oh. Glick. Gideon Glick. Gideon Glick is absolutely the I quit, <laughs> I, he, I quit, I quit kid. Was was he Dill or Jem? He was Dill. Okay. Who is based on Truman Capote. Yes. Anyway, oh, let's really? make it happen. Everybody. Yeah. I'm in. Oh my God, yes. I'm so into that. Into it. Um, Jessica Vosk is a Liv Tyler character. Ooh. I really Thank like you. that. I oh my God, why don't we do this right now? Then, <laughs> Kevin's on board now. I'm so, Sing Street's coming. Yeah, Sing Street's coming. They're, they're basically making all the movies that we have watched and talked about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then let's choose another one. Yeah, I know we should pick we what's just next. just making a chorus line revival. <laughs> I know. We'll be awesome. <laughs> Amen. Right. Um, did you, what kind of uh, scenes do you prefer? Do you like lighting those like big, big scenes or something more intimate or, or something completely different? I, I think the majority of my career, where I find most of my success at least, is uh, two very different extremes. Okay. Um, the very, very contemporary, flashy musical mm-hmm. and uh, plays that are a little bit um, outside of the box of of a typical play, and sure. I would I would reference for for myself, um, Red Roses, Green Gold sure. was a huge rock musical with the music of the Grateful Dead, and and I think that is sort of where one oh, of my you had those green lights that went every there is yeah there's a lot of silly silly tricks in that one, and uh, it's just big and in your face, and it's a concert and it's flashy and it's fun. We also did some. I was very pleased with how we ended up lighting those scenes as well. Cool. And then on the other side of the spectrum, something like The Woodsman, which is a very unconventional yeah. play and puppet show and uh, uh, lit very, very dimly and, and in a way I wouldn't normally approach it. And show. what's that experience like lighting? Because like, those of you, we've talked about The Woodsman before. We've mm-hmm. had some people on. Um, you can watch it on Broadway HD. Um, what was that like? The experience of like lighting a show that was so puppet based, like, did that change like how you design based on like it not being humans that you were focused on? Yeah, a little yeah. bit because I, you know, in that in that show, we never wanted to hide the people, right? But we did want to make sure the puppets were were where the focus was, mm-hmm. and um, uh, that it, it became a game of watching the puppet, making sure that was the sort of where most of the attention was, but we never wanted to lose the the puppeteers too much into the background. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, that show was lit very, very sort of dimly and shadowy, and um, to make the audience sort of like lean forward and force Mm. to watch, because if we if we made it too bright or too obvious, it's just like, now it's an actor holding a stick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, I am presenting that actor holding the stick. Yeah. But by, by making it a little more obscure and forcing you to lean forward and forcing you to look, it just became the stick. Sure. You're, you're looking <clears throat> for the stick and you just, bec- it, it yeah. becomes just the world. And now a lot of shows... Is that your mantra, become the stick? (laughs) (laughs) It is now. Yeah. A lot of shows we're starting to see are being filmed and then presented to us in like the the medium of television. Sure. Through like either Broadway HD or like like American Sun is about to be released Mm -hmm. on November 1st on... uh, Or it has been released on November 1st on Netflix. Um, So... How does your design aesthetic or like what you did with the show change when they suddenly tell you, hey, we're putting cameras now? So it, like, do you have to adjust a lot? And- so yeah, it does. And it, it does have to adjust. And it depends on the show mm-hmm. um, how much adjustment is necessary. The Woodsman was a <clears throat> big one. Um, uh, and it's basically what happens is the human eye is amazing at seeing light and dark at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the camera can only kind of see one intensity or things in a rel- in the area around that intensity. So you end up just crushing everything. So your brights are, your brights and your dark, your, your, your highlights and your shadows are all around the same area now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the woodsman was so dim, which just everything had to be raised. But the problem with the woodsman was that um, when all the, 
the levels were raised for camera, it got rid of some of the warmth that happens when the bobs are really low. Oh. So that was one of the sort of battles, you could say, I had to take on with the PBS folks and really explain, explain uh, so I sort of fought some battles with their lighting people to just make sure of all the things that we're changing, we're going to make sure to preserve that warmth that is there through so much of mm -hmm. the show. And, and and it ended up being rather successful. Yeah, no, yeah. The, the recording is fantastic. Yeah, it's a well-produced piece. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, let's play a game. Ooh, sure. Let's do it. Okay. We can talk more about lights. Yeah? There's no pun. No, I know, but I like talking about lights. <laughs> I'm twinkling okay. with anticipation. Mm, no. no, not so good. Yeah, it's okay. We well, no one it. twinkles with anticipation. Girl, don't take away my twinkle. <laughs> um, I made up a game called Light It Up. Okay. okay. Um, so yes, it's fun. Great. Um, so I have Lights of Broadway show cards in uh -huh. the middle. These are shows. Lights of oh. Broadway show cards? <laughs> Wait, just... yeah, so true. Yeah. This oh, is... I have a Things ghost going... light in here somewhere, too. That oh. would have been fun. Things yeah. are going well Except today. it doesn't, wouldn't work for the game. So right. it, no. Right. Okay. Um, so I have shows. Uh-huh. From the show deck, pull a show, and then just think of the most iconic number from that show. Sure. And then tell me how you would change it with lights. Great. Cool. Like change the like direction of that song. Awesome. Cool. Like so we're how playing Bobby with one steps person who actually knows how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and Kevin and Brian being like, just don't light Sorry. it so it's in the dark. I'm just going to see how many times I can say the word Listen, gobo. I was, a spot <laughs> <up>. <laughs> right. I was a spot up for like two years. So now I'm in my mind just going, what are all oh the God. words I remember? <laughs> we'll okay. talk about gels and source Brian, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Don't use my word gobo. <laughs> I won't. Okay, Pretty sure we're, we might all have to. Yeah, probably. Do you guys remember Blue Gobo? It was a website that was like YouTube, but just for Broadway clips. No. We used it in college Lobo. all the time. <laughs> I, I wish I had known. That sounds I like something. I think it might still exist. Bluegobo.com. Wow. Take a look. Wow. Check it out. Very inside theater. They had like every Tony performance ever. Like. Okay. What'd you got? I pulled Dear Evan Hansen. Never heard of it. Okay. So it's a sh this show about a boy who I breaks his arm. Um, That's what it's about? Yeah. It's about a boy who breaks his arm. That's it. That's the entirety of the plot. Yeah, yeah. And he changes his name. He changes his name to Connor, and he writes down his own cast. It's yeah, crazy. Fine. That's all it is. Um, <laughs> so I would do Dear Evan Hansen. So I'm going to take. I would say one of the more iconic things about Dear Evan Hansen is its use of technology. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I would light the whole thing by the technology that's in their hands, to, and as the show go moves through it, it gets. The world, because at the end, he's at the end where he's in, spoiler alert, he's in the or apple orchard, and mm -hmm. he, like, his life transitions from being, like, inside, addicted to his, uh, the technology, mm -hmm. into, like, a more well-rounded outside type Ask person. For a single song. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, he's giving us a whole plot. <laughs> you don't need to do the show. Yeah, yeah, no, Please no, no, don't no. tech this whole show while we're here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, tech. Um, so, uh, I would essentially do that, uh... So like, pick one song and tell us how you would specifically do it. Um, like waving through a window. He would just be have his phone. Yeah, I mean that I explained that already. They would just have their phones and it would know. just be from their phone. It would be like yeah. So it's like people carrying around big flashlights that are the shape of phones. I mean I don't yeah sure cool. Okay. Dig it. <laughs> Kevin. Oh me. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna do this one. 
So I have bandstand, which was lovely. I was the associate lighting designer. Wait, really? So let's change Jamie's plan. (laughs) (laughs) That show was super lovely and was not at all what I expected when I sat down in the theater. Um, I think... Kevin has a lot of expectations of shows that do not go to plan. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Not everything is a farce uh, that's like noises off. (laughs) The funny thing is that's not what you write. Not at all. Like, it's not like you think of a musical as a and farce. And I just think that's what it is. No, it's like kind of the opposite of what I yes, usually write. You very write. sad musical. I do, but I assumed that this was going to be a, a farce, but it was not. Um, so I would say I'm going to do uh, the big song that Laura sings at the end. Yes. Sure. And, um, welcome Home. <clears throat> welcome Home. Welcome and, Home Reprise. Yes. Well, yes. Welcome Home Reprise. Thank you. With the real words. <laughs> Um, I think that I would change the lighting by, uh, she would only be lit by cameras going off, taking her picture, like almost like paparazzi. No, no, no. But this is like, so she, you see like the flashing lights of like, as she's singing, it's kind of like jarring her as she's singing the song. And then as the song gets more and more like, I mean, it kind of got violent in the way that she got very like. Mm-hmm. angrily passionate yeah and so like as that starts happening the flashes happen but last longer until like by the end of the song it's just like giant floodlights like hitting her like right in the face so it's just kind of like the world is like slowly realizing how screwed up everything was so that's what I would do to change that no offense all good. <laughs> I, I wonder that. how many on here you've actually been involved in. Too. He's like, he's like, that won't work, but that's fine, Kevin. <laughs> uh, I'm trusting a lot of actors with lighting instruments. Is it's what also you probably really doing. fun yeah. to hear a bunch of people talk about what you do professionally and not know what they're talking about at all. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, this is an interesting. Uh, You're like, no, but that's it, what non-lighting designers think they do. With do whatever lights. you want. Um, Sunday in the park with George. Yes, I. What could you even do with lighting in that one? It would be incredible. I've never done the show. I'd love to do the show, though. Um, I think I would find ways to possibly use um, colored gobos so that every sort of. Every sort of. Every every sort of. Time. Oh. <laughs> uh, is the gobo the thing that you put in that like makes it look like there's trees in yes, the light? Yes, yes. yes. Okay. And they're I not would, the color thing. What's the color thing called? Gel. Gel. Okay. Yeah, but I would use something that would be like a combination of both, so that every light that turns on there is texture within that is also color, and probably try to do it in a style that is similar to the way his brushstrokes were, um, so that no light is a single solid color, but is made up of of multiple colors and helping sort of tell that story. So the rest of this podcast is you just pulling uh, shows. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I would sit here just like, ooh. <laughs> so this game is now called Jamie's that would, Brilliant. That would also be very, it would also be really expensive because those colored gobos are very expensive. <laughs> yes, I know. But, uh, uh, yeah. Just, like, demand it. Be like, I need this. Yeah. And then they'll just give it to you. That's how it works, right? Uh, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> you know. We have lots of conversations about budgets right. all the time. <laughs> I'm sure. It's, 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 it's fine. I probably can't say too much publicly, but I actually invented something that I have a patent on that is in the works and would be very, very useful at, at helping create that. So That's super that's cool. So exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Someday. I'll come back when, yeah, I, when like, I can actually when you can talk, talk about, about it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. To that's be so cool. continued. Yeah. yeah. All right, Kimberly, you're I was going to try to figure out, to, to be continued, that's like a light, we'll shed more light on that later. Yeah, there oh. it is. <laughs> well done, well done. Oh, God, okay. Ah. I almost put myself out there and had nothing. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. That's true. And it won't be the last time. No, not at all. <laughs> all right, what you got, Kimberly? I miss Saigon. Okay. Specifically the 2017 revival. Great, in cool. In parentheses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Specifically. What are these cards? Wait, because well, you these don't know are these cards? the lights of Broadway show cards, squigs, draws, and oh, card they're all, every time something opens. Oh, of course they're all opens. squigs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're like that's trading great. cards for Broadway. That's great, great, great. They're awesome. He, he just did a, a he just did a great one for our uh, production of uh, Caesar and Cleopatra. Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it looks awesome. They come like this. Oh my god! But this is specific to the prom. So fun. I and didn't know these were a thing. These yeah. are going to be like, these this are such great favorite. gifts for people. Yes. yes. They're Stocking so stuffers. Fun. 
cool. Very cool. They're perfect. Yeah. And they live in my scenery bag, another great gift for people. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, um, now I'm spacing on her name that makes them, but she's she's a lovely uh, yeah. She's a lovely person. She's so cool. I have Oklahoma in my hands. That's great. But in the other hand, that about the game, I have Miss Saigon. Miss Saigon. Right. <clears throat> and now all I can think about is like lighting it with the things they have in their hands because it. <laughs> 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 what like, a brilliant idea! Like, oh. She doesn't really hold anything, so I'm gonna do the American Dream. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And literally in my head, because of you two, I'm like, and it's only lit by the car headlights. <laughs> 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 Wait, that sounds That'd great. That'd be so fun. That would be super fun. And it's just like almost like they're in a. So you change the set for just the American oh, she's Dream. She's doing all the designing. <laughs> Well, it's lights. Right. Because you just, all of the lights are down so that they are in pairs of two. So it almost looks like they're either on a highway mm. or in a garage. Got it. Okay. Like one of those like parking lots here where the cars go on yeah. the yes. elevator all the way to the top. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's like they're being chased on a highway. Cool. Down their American, American dream. dream. Oh. Yeah. And then at the end, you finally see an act. So it's sort of like alluding to cars in a highway. And then at the end, he drives in in the actual car. Cool. Of the American Dream. Jamie, you have to do That's another all. one. Yeah, you have to do one more. <laughs> oh my, sorry. Again, again, again. We believe in you. You know what makes these all so challenging to talk about is that they're all very good. They're all so good. I know. You know, it's like. I heard something. I mean, it's been years since I saw Wicked, and there's a Wicked card here, and I heard something recently that I don't even know if it's true or not, but it sounds like the coolest thing ever, and I really want to go back to see the show to see if it's true. Mm -hmm. That Kevin saw it like a week ago. I did, I saw it like two weeks ago. As as she like moves through the template, like act two version of Alphaba when things are a little in the like good dress. Rough, rougher mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on her. Elfie in the good dress? Yeah. <laughs> as she moves through the stage of like leaf gobos uh -huh. that are very soft but wherever she is they like go focus really sharply to like signif <gasps> signify like her power. Sort of power at that point Whoa. and I'm like it's, it's just amazing stuff like that that yeah. you're wow. getting at the that upper echelon of theater cool you know the funny thing about I always Broadway and you know because I work at non-for-profits and I work on a commercial level I'd mm -hmm. say most of my work is actually commercial off-Broadway but but Broadway is this weird thing where it is sort of like capitalism at its best. And because at the end of the day, it's not necessarily always about the art, it is about making money, mm -hmm. but you also get the best people at those levels, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. which is why it's, any of these are so hard to talk about because what would you change? They're also so lovely and great. Um, but also, but also pick one. In. Okay, okay, okay. Um, that's really um, sweet. But do it. Uh, uh, let's let me go with West Side Story. How would I light? Lots of people have touched a that. production. Yeah, yes. exactly. That's a great. How would I light a production? That of West card. Or even like a specific number. A lot of people have touched that card. That card. Yeah. Very, yeah, very, very. But actually, hard. truthful. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh man, let's pick me. Somebody pick a number for me. Six. What? Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, different oh, the, the Oh, the dance at the gym. I mean, the oh, dance at the gym. All right. I, I don't know if this is like a direct design idea, but I'll tell you a story. Okay. okay. I always note in my scripts, whenever there is a moment uh, where a boy and a girl meet for the first time, I write, write in my script, dance at the gym like you. As a reference, I just literally got goosebumps. Like, like, because it doesn't matter the show. It's like that's what your mind goes back to mm -hmm. is yeah. them, yeah. them locking eyes for the, the yeah. first time. And like that is a moment, both in terms of storytelling for the characters, musical, uh, mm -hmm. reacting musically. I mean, like that is the cue in mm -hmm. that number is is drawing the audience emotionally along into that moment. Um, and then you also see it reflected in, in I so too, many other right? shows. <laughs> Just you talking about this, I'm getting goosebumps thinking so about I it. Would say, I would say that's not a, a full design idea, but at least the moment that is it stands out in that moment. Yeah, and the lighting fact is that, like yeah. the key. I've seen that show at, like, at high schools. I've seen it like, like at the top of this game. And there's always cue. a beautiful yeah, moment yeah. that, like, like you said, like ushers the audience into like that moment of, Oh, this is this is love. Like yes. it, it's like the, oh, this is love. It's like oh, the, this it's like love. the visual cue of like love at first sight. Yeah. yeah. Would you say that that is one of the that? What would 
can we think of a more iconic lighting cue in a musical or a stage play that is like you like you said you can write that down and everyone knows exactly what you're talking about yeah mm. that's a great question oh um, man um so like nerdy ones that theater people know like what well, yeah let's let's, yeah, let's throw them out there when bobby you... steps into the spotlight at the end of being alive in the oh, revival sure. of company sure it's my favorite lighting moment ever that's my favorite part of the show. <gasps> yeah. When uh, Ralph Sparza does his turn doing the, I'm ready. And he just like sings, sings it to the back wall and it's like banging you in the face because yeah. it's, it's amazing. Oh, this is one of those questions that like so many are going to come to mind after I leave. Right, right, right. But it's like, all right, you know, you just always have to do Full Monty with that. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the, that's a good moment. one. The, like, the, how that's do you, a really how good do you one. not Brian has do done it that, that show. Way? Yeah, yes. and uh, and all Did this, you guys all do this, the all, yes. all, and they delayed the light cue so that everyone could see. Yes, all, for like a half second, and then the light came out. All all credit to because them. they're Those, doing the full Monty. All these original designers that that and creative teams that built these these moments that now are are sort of that's a really good iconic because yeah. yeah. that's yeah. like the poster. Like when you think of the full Monty, you think of the lights. Absolutely, that's a really good one. Um, um, Glory Days had cool lights because they had stadium mm. lights. I, when I think of iconic shows, <laughs> <laughs> and you're me, you I, think yeah. of Glory. And Days. I think everyone knows, you know, whether it's because they've seen it here or on the road or the Tony performance. Like everybody knows the the the, the end of Defying Gravity. Yeah, and, sure. You know that that look, and that that's a lot of light look. trickery too because yeah. you can't see how she's flying. Yes. So like, there's a mm-hmm. lot of lights on yes. her, but none of them are showing <laughs> any a, of the drapes. I might even say for people who uh, got the chance to see the King Kong production that uh, just was on the Broadway, yeah. um, there the first introduction of Kong. Oh, it was like in the dark. It's and very it was in spooky. the dark, and like they were like lighting her hanging in the air, but like that. First moment that you see a glimpse of him and it's like the face before he fully steps into the light, like that was masterful how they did that. Like, cause it, yeah. there was a giant puppet on stage, but like the way that it was lit, it felt so organic how mm-hmm. he entered the space. Yeah. That was yeah. a good game, Kimberly. Yeah. Light good it job. up. Thank you. It was called Light It oh, Up. Oh, there's also, well, there's just mention of lights in Pippin at the end. Like the end of Pippin where they ask for, oh, and in prom too. In the prom where she asks for softer lighting in the middle mm. of her song. Okay. Oh, and is it at all productions of Gypsy when she finishes Rose's turn that like her name is lit up really big I behind think most her? Of them. I think a lot of them, yeah. yeah. I feel like that's like a big lighting thing as well. Is that oh, where people. set? Well, the lights are controlling the lights, but the set made the R and the O. <laughs> and the S and the E. No, 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 no. no, no, no. I made those myself. <laughs> um, no, at the end of Pippin, where maybe it was just the tour that I saw in like 2006, but the leading player at the end when like he realizes that Pippin's not gonna go with them, he made it a big deal early in the show to give Pippin a pink light to make him look better. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, he just goes, take away that pink. Oh. To the spot up. That's really cool. Is that cool. just a production that I saw? Maybe. It's the I only know. production I've, I've seen, so I don't know. I've never a production of Pippin. Oh, I love Pippin. I think <laughs> Entrance to Nevada crazy for you. Those girls being mm. silhouetted. Mm. That's a good one. So also good. great. Here's a fun lighting question. Sure. From my time as a spotlight operator at Surflight Theater. Surflight? Wow. So when I was an intern at Surflight, my crew duties were lighting. Yeah. And so during all of the changeovers, I was like either up on the ladder, which was, I was 21 years old and hung over. I don't know why someone decided <laughs> to I put should, you on a ladder. The five foot two girls, the one on the ladder focusing on the lights. Or my job was just standing on the stage with my hand at varying levels yeah. to be how tall the actors are. Great. <laughs> or just cutting jokes. Lighting dad's best. Yeah. Um, we had great lighting designers. Yeah, But really I was did. a spot op. And then I remember doing Drowsy Chaperone, and I was spot one, and there was a second spot. And during one of the numbers, uh, that spotlight was just on the back wall, not on the person it was supposed to be covering, at all. <laughs> For the entirety of the man in chairs monologue, it just looked like maybe there was a sunset in the back, on the back wall. And the man in chair was just, you could see him, but not well. And then someone finally was like, kicked her and like woke her up yeah. to do the spotlight. So any good fails. 
Oh, me fail? Yeah. Or like Lady fail. Not you, but just like. How do you fail? How do I? I fail all the time. <laughs> I mean, I, don't know. I, I think I fail all the time. There's Because you got to try stuff to know what works and what doesn't work. I mean, the other day I just put into a show the silliest moment. And I was like, I'm going to put this in for one show and I'm going to cut it because it's like, just like, let's have the star drop pop on to absolute blinding brightness and recede to its normal level on this guitar strum. And, it, and then it, it got a plot. It got like a, <laughs> like, like, oh, I guess I can't cut that now. Um, you gave uh, the people what they you know, wanted. Just, which is like, yeah. Uh, How often does the light get a plot? Uh, oh. it, was, it, was, it, was like, it was like, I was still going to cut it. And then the actors all came up to me afterwards and was like, that was so cool. And I was like, no. Okay. What am I gonna do? And then um what was So did you cut it? But no I didn't. I left it. I uh then uh um but I I you know failed a number of times trying things, trying moments and trying to make a moment feel like something and oh that's not the direction and taking another direction. I mean there's there's it's why it's one of the reasons it's so important to do these shows out of town and workshop things. And um, it's why I think we've been so successful with Midnight at the Never Get is because we've sure. gotten to incrementally mm-hmm. uh, step up the, that piece and step up the production value of that piece. And I sort of, I'd failed in many moments of that show in its early, early stages. And got to really learn and grow with that whole creative team, like what this show is. Yeah, I wanted to definitely bring up that show because I got the chance to see it, and it was a fantastic production, like, across the board. Like, the direction was beautiful, performances are beautiful, and your lighting 100% told a giant part of that story. Um, for those of you who didn't get a chance to say, see tell it, me about it or didn't like get the whole experience, I don't want to give, like, a whole lot away, but um, it is the story of a man who is a gay man who is, uh, he had lived his life as a performer doing like cabaret performances of a sort at a place called The Never Get. He had like the midnight show. Cool. And, um. Oh, midnight. What this, and what. My favorite joke in the show is, is, uh. That's like calling Fiddler on the Roof 9.30 at the Imperial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I, I saw it at the York, I think, is when, yeah. when I saw it. Yeah. Um, and so this man, is he's doing like his act, but he's also kind of talking about his life. Cool. And through the story... Is it a one-man it's, show? It's, it's a... No. I no. mean, it's, it's... It is a original musical in the style of a cabaret act. Cool. Okay. And... There is also a twist. Yeah, there's like a big twist about like you find out that like but, what you think you're watching isn't actually what you're watching. It's and it's and it's really oh, and it I is rem- a two person well, show. I it's, told you about this because yeah. it, when the twist happened, the entire audience gasped, and then it just it starts to like it starts to like sit in your chest what the twist was and what happened, and then like you're just kind of like weeping because it just like. Everything that you saw is seen completely in a new light during like the last like fifteen or so minutes that you yeah. know what's happened. Yeah, and you're just like, no, but no. It was very attuned to what I like. This wasn't really a twist because you know the story, but like the way that Hades Town pulls you in so much that you almost believe like they're gonna get out, and mm-hmm. then that like moment when you realize that like no, this is like. And then the rest of the show, you're just like, oh god, mm-hmm. yeah. like it's that kind you're of like, feeling. It's so Scott beautiful. Falls to the floor as she does. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was not, and this was definitely not a fail for you because you got a big old nomination for that I, one. I did. I got a, a drama desk nomination, which was very, very um, exciting. Uh, but it, it sort of it was failing at certain things, small things, not big things, out of town. When we or when we did it at Nymph, and when we did it in Provincetown, and uh, incrementally little things that it's going. Oh, the next time I get to do this show, I'm going to change that. Which was what I think. I speak for myself certainly, but I think even other departments on that show too, um, where if we hadn't had those opportunities mm-hmm. to fail and to make corrections, we wouldn't have gotten to, to where we are with that show right now. It's going to have another life, and it was very nice to, to receive 
the Drama Desk nomination yeah. for that. Uh, it was also cool to receive the Drama Desk nomination um, with friends of mine. Uh, sure. You know, it, uh, I got a, you know, we all lost to, to um, Hades Town, to, which is amazing lighting. Uh, uh, that's, that's a uh, decent one to lose. Yeah, to. and the dance but, with the but lights. to be to be mm. to be nominated with Adam, my friend Adam Monterey, and my friend Barbara Samuels, and to see uh, a sort of up and coming generation mm-hmm. getting that notice was sure. very very exciting. Now, if Midnight came back, do you think you would do it in Tuesdays in the corner with Kevin? That was, a, that was an intense transition. So, Jamie, welcome to Kevin's Corner, okay. where I have three highly researched questions for you. Um, I started out by typing your first name into Wikipedia and then seeing what came up of I don't Jamie's. Think not not of, Jamie, of you's per se, but there are oh, lots of Jamie's boy. in Wikipedia. Yes, I'm sure. And Jamie's then over. I went down weird rabbit holes after that. So, we'll see uh, what we come up with. Okay, great. So, question one Your name is Jamie. Just like Jamie Lynn Marie Spears, an American singer and actress. <laughs> she was born in Mako, Mississippi and raised in Louisiana. She, she sure is the was. younger sister of, sing- of singer Britney Spears and is known for her role as Zoe Brooks on the Nickelodeon teen comedy Zoe 101. Oh, yeah. In which she starred from 2005 to 2008. In 2019, Netflix announced that Spears has been cast as a series regular in the upcoming romance drama series Sweet Magnolias. The Shanghai Magnolia Stage Performance Awards, commonly known as the Magnolia Stage Awards, are presented by Shanghai Media Group, Shanghai Theater Arts Journal Publisher, Shanghai Federation of Literary and Art Circles, Shanghai Performing Company, and Shanghai Cultural Federation of Literary... I read that one already. uh, Shanghai Cultural Development Foundation each year. The award recognizes excellence in drama, dance, musicals, and Chinese operas performed in the city of Shanghai, China. Now, China, born Joan Marie Lauer, was an American professional wrestler, glamour model, pornographic film actress, actress, and bodybuilder. China first rose to prominence in the World Wrestling Federation, the WWF, now called the WWE, in 1997, where she was billed as the ninth wonder of the world, since Andre the Giant had already been billed as the eighth. A founding member of the stable D-Generation X, as the promotion's first female enforcer, she held the WWF Intercontinental Championship, the only female performer ever to do so, twice, and the WWF Women's Championship once. So my question is, what is one food that other people love that you totally hate, and why? Tomatoes. Really? Yes. I'm going to get super, super basic with the answer. I cannot stand tomatoes. I can. Lo- I love things that are made out of tomatoes. Like tomato sauce yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's not like chunky. And I think it's a texture thing. And it's really the only food I can think of because I'm a very adventurous eater. And it's kind of the only thing that I have never been if able like to do. If like somebody serves you like a, like a sandwich at a restaurant and there's tomatoes on I'll it, pull it we'll, we'll take it off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can't. Okay, cherry it. tomato. <laughs> tomatoes are just a big no. Yeah. I love tomatoes. I love that. Did that answer your question? Yes, it did. You're okay, good. great. <laughs> question two. Your name is Jamie, just like Jamie Christopher Hewlett, an English comic creator, animator, designer, and artist, best known as the co-creator and of the comic book Tank Girl. Do you know what that is? Yeah. And the vir- I just look at the, the nerd in the room. I'm like, do you know what that is, nerd? Yes. Uh, and the virtual band Gorillas. Oh. Have you heard of that? Yes. Oh, I don't know what that is. Gorillas in the Mist is the title of the May 22nd, 2011 episode of American Dad, in which Steve and Stan begin acting more like friends than father and son, which turns into a disaster when Steve ends up cutting school to go to the zoo, and Roger the alien marries an abusive white trash woman so that he can experience the pain and heartbreak found in country songs. Songs for the Deaf is the third studio album by American rock band Queens of the Stone Age, released on the August 27, 2002 by Interscope Records. The album features Foo Fighters and former Nirvana member Dave Grohl on drums and was also the last studio album to feature Nick Olivieri on bass. So my question is, what's your favorite board game you've ever played and why? Oh, boy. Favorite board game. There's so many that stand out. That's a good question. That's really hard. I... I just have really fond memories of this one summer stock I've worked at, and we'd play this game from for called Munchkin. Yes, and it it would get 
nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's always funny when like you sit down to play a board game with people and it's like as if you're like having a wild party. Like people are uh, so I mean, into yeah, it. it, it would get, yeah, that's what Munchkin we'd is. We play Munchkin and it would get. Is this crazy. like a, like a celebrity esque kind of game? No, it's a card game that Jay has promised to teach me how to play because I've heard so many stories yeah, and of like, him well, playing Munchkin. We'd, we'd all be like drinking after tech, obviously, and it would, and we'd have like, I mean, just like crossing ages or like very young interns there, and then like me and the rest of the staff. So, shout out to Jeremy and Zach uh, from the <laughs> Sharon Playhouse when yeah. things were getting. <laughs> nuts. Wait, Kevin, do you have a favorite one? I feel like you played a lot with your family. Yeah? I did play a lot. Uh, we had a game that we played all the time called Balderdash. Sure. Yeah. Uh, which is like where you have a word you've never heard of, and then everybody in the room makes up a fake definition, and then you try to like you try to oh, figure yeah. out what's the real one, and if people vote for yours, you get points. And uh, we used to, uh, my brother and I would try to write the dirtiest things we could write, and my mom would be mad for like the first like thirty minutes of the game, and then like enough wine would kick in where she started to think it was funny too, <laughs> yeah. and then it just got like really raunchy, but like. Just really funny, stupid things, and it was super fun. Kimberly, do you have one? Ticket to Ride. I love Ticket to Ride. Oh, that's a good I one. It's a great I game. I think I've only played it once. One it's of my so other good. designer friends is always trying to get me to download the app to play. There's oh, an I, app? I have it on my iPad. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I don't know if I can do that. I tried to play Monopoly on an app once. It didn't work for you? No. Hmm. Right? I love Clue. Clue is a good game. It's yeah. a solid choice. Do you ever play 13 Dead End Drive? No. No, it's not. It was like Clue, but there were like 13 people, like people in a house, and you're like, whoever can escape is the one who gets away with the money of this old lady who died. But it's like, oh you're also trying to move people towards spots where like, it's like they get killed. So they like, by oh. mistake, get run over by something or to get like, like knocked oh. out of your competition. competition. And there's like a frame on the wall that's like a, fo- like a picture frame. And you can only exit and get out if your picture is the one chosen. But like, if you roll doubles, you get to switch the picture. Mm. So then you can try to get. It's really fun. Cool. I'm also but remembering how much I loved Cranium as a child. Cranium was great. It was one of those games like Mousetrap that took like 45 minutes oh, to set it up. Yeah. So as soon as you set it up, you're like, do you still yeah. want to play this yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm just gonna say this too. I also love chess, both the board game. And the, and musical. the musical. <laughs> when you play chess, do you light it special? <laughs> no, if, if, you, if you go onto my Instagram, there might be one interesting <laughs> lit chess board. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, question three. This one's really smart. Uh, <laughs> you basically play like reverse Wikipedia game yes. mm-hmm. against yourself. Pretty much. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay. <laughs> Your name is Jamie, just like the title character, and everybody's talking about Jamie. Oh, man. I was in London right before that. Oh, that. you didn't get to see it? I didn't get to see it, but it was like everyone was talking about everyone's talking about Jamie. Yeah. And everyone was making jokes about it. I because <laughs> I get, I either, because I used to I get, love that I mean, literally could not, <laughs> thank you. I could not, I mean, it's also based in absolute fact. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, it was funny because I used to always get just people coming up to me and being like, Jamie is over and Jamie is gone. Mm-hmm. And now I get, so everyone's talking about Jamie and I'm like, this that was an, an interesting <laughs> transition. <laughs> that was an interesting, uh, in two years to see a trend change. Yeah. Do you, um, do you not get any I hate Uncle Jamie's? No. From Love Actually. I don't. Really? And I I, I love that. I love I that moment. Yeah. I love that moment. That's the the Colin uh, yes. character, yeah, right? Home. And he leaves again. Yeah, I, yeah. 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 No, you know what? That one, no one has ever, maybe if I had uh, nieces or nephews, they would be mm. more inclined. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, um, we can say it to you. If you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. Um, I asked my British friend if that was ever going to come here, and he's like, I don't, because he saw it when he was there. And yeah. He went home to London. Visit, I and was, he said it was incredible, but he said that it's so inherently British. I heard it's even, if you're an American over there, it's even hard for you to understand. Yeah, he was like, you won't oh. get the jokes, you won't get the like any of that. But huh. but I was actually, with just how crazy the buzz was and how much like, people constantly are saying to me, everyone's talking about Jamie, like, I'm shocked it has moved. But, yeah, agreed, yeah. agreed. Even somewhere small, um, like, yeah. people who might get it. So the musical is actually inspired by a 2011 television documentary, Jamie Drag Queen at 16, that follows the uh, eponymous teenager at 16 years old as he overcomes prejudice, beats the bullies, and steps out of the darkness to become a drag queen. Mm -hmm. 
In the United Kingdom and in some Commonwealth countries, a queen's counsel <laughs> uh, during the reign of a queen is a lawyer, usually a barrister or advocate, who is appointed by the monarch or the country to be her, one of Her Majesty's counsel learned in the law. The law and literature moment, movement focuses on the interdisciplinary connection between law and literature. This field has roots in two major developments in the intellectual history of law. First, the growing doubt about, about whether law in isolation is a source of value and meaning, or whether it must be plugged into a large cultural or philosophical or science, social science context to give it value and meaning. And second, the growing focus on the mutability of meaning in all texts, whether legal or literary. Those who work in the field stress one or the, or the other of two complementary perspectives. Law and literature, understanding enduring issues as they are explored in great literary contexts. And law as literature, understanding legal texts by reference to methods of literary interpretation, analysis, and critique. That didn't make any sense as I read it out loud. I hope it made sense to you guys. It did not. So my question I is... Know. We're still in Kevin's corner? If you Brian said, is doodling. If you suddenly were transported to a magical fantasy world with mythical creatures... What magical or mythical creature would you want to keep as a pet, and why? Mm. Ooh, that's a wonderful question. Um, Just doing my job. I think. I think. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I really tickled you. Yeah. I really, I really put a twinkle in. What did oh, you say? I don't remember. It was something awful. I think a centaur, mm. because it's like form and function, right? Like, like. You can ride it. It's utilitarian to get around, but it's also like it could be your best friend. Yeah. You can have real human conversations. And you don't feel weird that you're like talking to a horse that's not going to talk back. Yeah. Like he's a horseman, so he will talk back. Yeah. And it's like, and read the stars for you. We got to like get somewhere, buddy. Let's go. And read the stars for you? <laughs> Centaurs are very connected to like astro astrology and all that. Did you not read Harry Potter? Yeah, but I don't remember that part. Is yeah. it, what is it, Charon? Uh, yeah, I forget the names, but they're the ones in the woods. Yeah, and they like read yeah, in the, the stars forest. what's going to happen. And they're the like, "We aren't playing with your game, wizards, because this is all going to go down, and we're mm -hmm. not we're not here for it." Oh well, yeah. Yeah, because he teaches there for a year. I think he teaches star stuff. In one of the years, I don't think the class star is called stuff? star stuff, but no, no, he no. teaches. <laughs> it was. <laughs> and this has been Kevin's corner. Yay! Um, so you have some projects lined up. Sure do. Uh, Emoji Land. Emoji Land. Emoji Land is uh, is the next big one for me. Uh, it's rather exciting because again, another show that started at Nymph. Uh, I've been attached to this show for a really long time. Uh, I knew Keith Harrison when we worked on a little musical downtown together called um, One Day the Musical, which was one of those sort of um, amazing experiences because we all just had like the best possible time, mm -hmm. but only for one day. <laughs> uh, and then uh, shortly after that Keith and his wife Laura started writing Emoji Land and uh, it's gone through a lot of changes over the years but I've been really lucky to have been one of the people that was sort of invited into their process really really early on mm -hmm. um, years later we brought it to, uh, to Nymph and had a, a a great production there, and it's about to embark on an off-Broadway run at the Duke. Cool. Uh, it's fun because uh, a lot of technology being used, like so many other other sort of contemporary musicals right now. But here, when with our use of technology in the show, it's so directly tied to the characters and mm -hmm. what they are and what they are within our lives. Cool. Um, it's a it's a fun show because. Uh, what are emojis, right? Except for they're simply these like very literally and um, uh, sorry, both um, literally and metaphorically, they are pieces of our culture broken down into two-dimensional forms. Mm -hmm. And we, I think as artists, of artists of the theater, often like to make fun or criticize when there is a lack of depth and a lack of three-dimensionality to writing or to characters. But all of a sudden, you center your story around these characters that are inherently two-dimensional and inherently 
stereotypes. And with that, there's a huge amount of power because now we can unapologetically hold a mirror up to our own culture and have these stereotypes and two-dimensional characters behaving in certain ways that really reflect back at us about who we are in the state of our current world and culture. Uh, and That's so fascinating. I would never think about it that way. Yeah, and I, I'm, and I think what we're, we're really... Uh, creating a world. We're really building a world. Or a land. A land. We're building, <laughs> we're building a land that, um, a land inside of a phone that goes on forever. That is where these these characters that play these weird roles in our lives. And that exist. gives you so many cool, like, yeah. possibilities to go with. So many different gobos. Go- gobos, yeah. All the yeah. gobos. He's going to uh, gobo there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so between you know oh, the whole the whole design team, but you know me and, and Lisa Rankle, our projection and video designer, um, really exciting stuff happening over there, and amazing amazing cast uh, with Josh and Leslie and and some other wonderful folks, and uh, it's going to be a great one. That's so exciting. It's going to be a great one. It's and it's great. Another one that we've been able to build over time and and know what we're we know what story we are all trying to tell. We're all on the same mm-hmm. team right now, which is That's great. So great. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, that brings us to the end of our episode. It okay. does. Thank yeah. you so much for joining You're us. So fascinating. This Thank is really you. Thank you for our the first lighting designer. We made it. Do we ask you good questions? Should we have asked I, you anything else? I think so. I think that's great. <laughs> what is light? Great. How what does refractions work? I, I learned that magenta isn't real recently. It's a figment what? of our ma- imagination. Go on. Okay. Color? Yeah, it's not or real. Or the character Rocky Horror. Find magenta. <laughs> there's, there's, um, uh, the visual, the visual spectrum of light. Um, your eyes are picking up three different signals from, you've got cones in your eyes that are picking up red, uh, green, and blue. And um, the wavelengths in between those, because it's a bar, right? Mm -hmm. And then if you want to see, say, uh, yellow, it's between green and red, and that actually exists. So your red cones and your green cones are picking up those signals and um, it but that is an actual thing of that exists the problem is there's nothing but the only the thing centered between red and blue is green and it's like well what that's not how our eyes work right and it's because when when red and blue cones pick up light at the same time it doesn't default to green it, it defaults to an imaginary color, which is magenta. It is your, your brain literally making up a color. Wait, so is purple not real? It's not real. Ooh, this is nuts. I, I, Wait, but, so purple can't be my favorite color anymore? It's, 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 it's real in your mind. Wait, so this the limit does not exist? So then why so does this that... this isn't purple? It's your, your blue cones and your red cones are picking up Wait. L- light. Is this why and sometimes I argue with my husband about whether something is blue or purple? N- no. No? Y- you might be a tetra... I'm getting the word wrong. There's some women that have four cones and can see a little bit more in depth in certain areas of the spectrum. So that's why people thought some Wait, of that really? dress was gold and some thought it was blue. It's all about the cones. It's all about cones. I don't it's know so weird. I don't know what that... Right. It's a whole thing. But Jay and I fight about colors all the time. You might be the tetra. I am a woman. Yeah. Yeah, Jay sees blue, I see purple all the time. That's nuts. You're a tesseract. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you are. Um, So uh, you can follow Jamie at J A R L D on social media. Jamie Alden Roderick Lighting Design. That's where that comes from. Oh, Jarold. I never knew it. I literally always read it as Jarold, and I was like, I don't know why. I know. His name is Gerald. I should probably probably update that. That's great. Branding at this point. You've got to keep it. You can follow us at Broadwasted on Twitter and Instagram. Join our Facebook group. Do it. Um, Please go to our Patreon. Check it out. Um, that is at patreon.com backslash broadwasted. Um, you can also find us at the Broadway Podcast Network. Yeah, do it. There's some really cool podcasts. A lot of really great content is there. Um, Josh so, Lehman of Emoji Land. Yeah. So check it out. Uh, it's Broadway Podca- broadwaypodcastnetwork.com. Or for those of you that don't like typing a lot of letters, just type bpn.fm backslash broadwasted. 
And uh, don't forget that you can find us also on iTunes. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank you. Of course. Um, but we end every episode with a quote. We do. Oh, yeah. And today's quote is, I hate Uncle Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very well done. Wait, did very you well. have that written down? No, I, I, when he said no one uses it, I wrote it down. My original quote was, curtain up, light the lights. We've got nothing to hit but the heights. Oh, cute. Oh, cute. But I liked your, your first quote. You did good. Yeah, thank you. Um, the first Again, quote that was thank you so one. much. Yes. If you ever see his name on a playbill of any sort... Um, we're so happy that you were there and you know take and notice of the light. He, he works on a ton of stuff, so like you'll see his yeah. name a lot. And I'd love to give one one quick plug um, for any of you young adult listeners or parents with young adult kids. My mom wrote a book called Theater Ghost, inspired by Ooh. the mythology surrounding the ghost light, and you can find it on both Amazon and Audible. Oh, that's Theater so ghost. cool! Yes, I love that. But I actually, will. Find that. Yes. Yeah. I love ghost stories. Here we go. There you go. Doesn't love theater. <laughs> Only ghost stories. <laughs> That's implied. <laughs> um, but we end every episode. We raise our glasses and we say, Zutu up bump. Cheers. Wait, how would you light our Zutu up bump? <laughs> oh. I would see if if depending on what the arrangement is, sure. And if it's if it's like going to be a super poppy band, mm-hmm. like back backing that it, with us. I would hit like I would probably have a like you on like every Zoop and Bop, like like <laughs> every every single one. Yes, please. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.